Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We welcome in Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com, here at the Shaw's Patriots postgame show with Jim Murray and Joe Murray. And I'll start with this, Greg, because uh, I'll base it off the, the, the phone call we took from Danny and Quincy in the prior segment, because he felt like today, despite the win, was kind of a regression for the Patriots, both in the red zone for the offense and certainly against the run defensively. Do you feel the same? I don't necessarily disagree with Dan, Danny and Quincy. And please, um, maybe I should retire. Maybe that's a sign. Um <laughs> They, that the apocalypse is near. Um, look, they won. Uh, that was great. I actually, to me, what was the most important thing in this game for this Patriots team was, despite this almost being the Nashville Sounds AAA team that showed up in terms of their personnel, that's a tough-ass team there coached by Mike Vrabel. And they don't give you a whole lot. Yeah, they play some zone defense, and you're going to get some um, – some openings if you protect the quarterback well. But, you know, they kept – they stayed close to the Patriots. They tested the Patriots, and they tested their toughness. And this was almost a sort of playoff-type game for them. Um, you know, was it a, a well-manned team? No. But still, despite all that, strip all that away, and they were tested and by this team. And I think it was a toughness check for the Patriots, a real one, not some of these – uh, other artificial, oh, you know, the Patriots show a lot of mental toughness, this and that storylines that always happen with this team. I thought they were were really tested. It reminded me of some of those, you know, old older Ravens teams that used to come in here and battle the Patriots and, and not give them an inch. So I thought that the Patriots did well to answer that. And I thought that that was important for them because – uh, those are the type of games that are coming up against the Colts, against the Bills twice, and before they get to the playoffs. So though, these are really good opportunities for a lot of people who are new to this in New England to get tested in those scenarios. That being said, I, I do not think the Patriots played all that well today. I thought that um, the, to give up 270 yards rushing is embarrassing. It's flat-out embarrassing. And if you went against a team that even had – um, average NFL personnel, you probably lose this game just for that very reason. And also, Mac Jones did not play well in spots, despite throwing for over 300 yards. Um, you know, they, he had a lot of big misses and contributed heavily to that one in, one for five in the red zone until the garbage time Damian Harris touchdown. So uh, there was some good in this game, but I, to me, I came away with more questions then answers out of this game. But, look, it doesn't really matter because we're going to get all the answers next Monday night in Buffalo. 
Greg, uh, you mentioned the defense. Uh, I felt like Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo were a little more involved this week. Um, I, there was a timeout uh, in the red zone area where they were, weren't on the same page, and Belichick was kind of in the ear of the official. Did you notice that today, and could that have been a reason why uh, they weren't great uh, stopping the run? And I also noticed Christian Barmore was limited as far as uh, snaps go, and there was more Carl Davis in there. Could that have been a reason? As to the coaching, uh, I didn't notice much of a defense uh, – a- defense as much of a change from what we've seen since the Dallas game in terms of Bill's involvement uh Bill going over uh the 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 photos all the time and devouring those and you know meeting with certain players meeting with certain coaches uh the the operation and Bill does a lot of stuff between series during the series I I still don't know how much he does I I watch him a lot to see if he's you know, pressing his button on his on his hip to to interject. I have not seen that very much at all during the course of this winning streak. As far as I can tell, the operation stays the same. Where Steve is still making the calls, uh, I think Bill's more invested in the game plan and also the adjustments during the game. I think he stepped up there, and Gerard's in charge of the substitutions. And there was a definite mix-up where they had too many men. Um, you know, Mayo, I don't think was real happy with Steve uh, for whatever reason at that time. But I don't think this was a game where all of a sudden Bill gave uh, the guys control back of the defense. I don't think that was the case. I don't think there was a change in that regard. And as far as Barmore, uh, it could have been a couple things. It could have been they still don't love him against the run, that they love other guys more, or and or that his I think he's dealing with a knee issue I know he's been on the injury report maybe they just wanted to limit his snaps a little bit and hopefully uh the the little bit of extra rest this week will hopefully get him help healthy for Buffalo so I'm not sure whether that was a uh, a game plan decision and you know they just limited that way or it was just health all right, we'll get more with uh, Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal coming up here. You want to join us, 617-779-0985 is the phone number. I want to get more of your thoughts on uh, on the play of Mac Jones and specifically to Greg coming up. I want, to, I want to get your answer on whether or not he's having difficulty diagnosing some blitzes that are coming from either safeties or corners. I think for two straight games now, it looks like that might be a little bit of an issue or maybe that's just him looking like a rookie. So we'll get your answer to that. And if you want to talk to Greg as well, again, 617-779-0985 is the phone number. Is the final from Gillette Stadium today. Patriots 36, Titans 13. More coming up on the Safety Insurance. 98.5 of Sports Hub. Patriots Radio Network. Zolak and Bertrand. Middays on the Sports Hub. Toss to the right for Damian Harris. Runs behind blockers off the head of the five. And into the end zone. Undeterred. Touchdown, Patriots. Boy, you really wore him down. Wore him down here at the end of the game. Good job by the defense. Setting you up for the nail in the coffin. And Harris in the running game. Ramondre Stevenson really churned some yards here in this fourth quarter. This team's for real now. You got a contender, man. You got a contender. Indeed, you do. Damian Harris with the 14 yard touchdown in garbage time to make it 36 13. That is your final. Patriots over the Titans today. And Verizon has teamed up with Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. We're rushing to help first responders this season to honor New England's first responders. Nominate your first responder now on the contest page at 98.5thesportshub.com. Harris finishing with 11 carries, 40 yards, and that touchdown. There's Ramondre Stevenson, mentioned there by Scott Zolak, who is uh, your rushing leader today. Nine carries, 46 yards. Patriots as a team, 
24 carries for 105 yards. We are joined by uh, Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show with Jim Murray and Joe Murray. And I'll go back to that question I asked you before the break, Greg. It feels to me like for two straight games, like maybe teams are starting to figure something out defensively and how to attack Mac Jones, and that's safety blitzes, corner blitzes, because there was another one from Kevin Byard today that, you know, they start from center field, and you think, you know, here comes that guy, and it feels like Mac Jones has a, either a difficult time identifying it, it doesn't see the guy, is this something you think D coordinators are starting to figure out on this kid? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I you have to look at, you know, the last two basic coordinators that they've gone against, Dean Pease and Mike Vrabel. Those guys know exactly how the Patriots protect the quarterback. So, you know, when you see pressure, the defense is attacking the blocking scheme. They're not attacking the quarterback, so to speak. So to me, number one, it's a flaw in the blocking scheme. Um, but that being said, I do think some of the smarter defensive minds are watching Mac Jones on film and they're saying, look, this, this kid keeps his eyes down the field, which is normally in 99% of the time, it's a great trait for a quarterback to have, uh, that, uh, he's, he's keeping his eyes down the field. He's not looking at the rush, things like that. But I think they're seeing that, uh, he, he, he looks down the field or he looks for the safety or what have you. The, the Vrabel and Pease know exactly what the Patriots are looking for and what the quarterback is reading, and they're using another guy off of that. And they're just, they're just attacking a kid who is inexperienced. I talked about this with Greg Cosell on um, my podcast. If people want to go look at it, uh, I asked him if he was, uh, Greg Cosell from NFL Films, if he was concerned about it. And you know, because he sees a lot of this every week. And he said that, you know, basically you just have to remember, I mean, this is a a kid who just played his 12th NFL game. He's not going to have the answers to everything. He is going – there are going to be some things that trip him up, some things that cause him to second-guess a little bit in the pocket. And he just – he doesn't have the answers to the test yet. And it's going to be a long time before he has all of them. Uh, but I think the Patriots in general – from Josh McDaniels to Carm Brasillo, the offensive line coach, to David Andrews even, uh, need to double down and say, all right, well, people are going to see this on film. They're going to keep attacking us. We have to figure this out. And I think it's going to take everybody. It's not just a Mac Jones problem. Greg, I'm only asking this question because I'm already looking oh, ahead. God. Do you think Mac Jones struggles to throw the football in cold weather? <laughs> no. I thought you were going to talk about some some running back or something <laughs> like that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm happy to entertain this question. Um, look, I, and I just wrote this for my game report on BSJ. Uh, the the questions about Mac Jones and cold weather are going to be there until he answers them. Um, t- tonight just could have been, and look, it's tough to say on a 300-yard game that it was a bad day, but I didn't think he was all that good in this game. I thought that he, a lot of the stuff that he hit was wide open. He missed some key throws. He was part of the reason why they were one from one of five to start in the red zone. And a lot of his passes were high. He had that uh, nearly disastrous almost lateral on a screen pass to Bourne where he just threw it into the ground. It was very nearly a fumble. And Vrabel looked like he was, he was thinking about challenging. He couldn't find his flag in his pocket. And uh, I think they're legitimate questions until he goes out there and – plays really well and plays you know accurate uh like we all know he can and i think buffalo on monday night is a perfect chance for him to 
answer all those questions. I have no idea whether he's a good cold-weather quarterback or not. Uh, he is right when he talked about in the postgame. He said he didn't have any issues, that nothing really bothered him, that they practiced in the elements. That's all true. Uh, I would probably try a glove if I were him this week just to see if that helps a little bit. But um, I think it's a legitimate question, and it's up to Mac Jones to answer it and put it to bed. Craig in the car, uh, on with Craig Bedard, a Boston Sports Journal, here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show with a thought on the defense. Go ahead, Craig. Hey, uh, just two quick points. Uh, the uh, Mac Jones uh, throw, we were at Gillette tonight, and one of the Mac Jones uh, throws that I saw that was missed was the Hunter Henry in the end zone. Um, yeah, I think that was a, a, a decision missed because, you know, it left him uh, able to get some points for field goal. Defense, though, uh, was electric tonight. Um, I think we got to keep in mind uh, having home field for two more games in the season is huge, uh, especially with this record. So I'll, I'll hang up and let you guys discuss that uh, as we go uh, the rest of the season with the, uh, the defense. Thanks for the call. And so defensively, what did you see? You know, is that about the offensive line? Was they, That's one of the strengths of Tennessee. And granted, like, they ran like they had Derrick Henry today. It's like, so just, you know, I know, I know you haven't had a chance to look at the film yet, but did anything stand out to you as, you know, up front that guys didn't play well? Like, how, how were they able to run as well as they did today? Normally when a team runs like that on the Patriots, and and I'm just going off of a couple of the big runs that I went back and, you know, I looked at it on the TV copy in the moment real quick. Um, normally it is the the guys up front are not occupying enough blockers and they get out on the linebackers. Like I remember there was one big run where Juwan Bentley basically got run over and that's because he was going up against an offensive lineman and the guys up front uh, didn't handle the blockers. Uh to me, when you watch the Patriots, you could pretty much tell whether they're going to play good run defense or not on a certain play. Just watch the nose guard. Um, when Carl Davis is in there, you probably have about a 70% chance that he's going to do his job and hold the fort against even double teams. If it's Godchow on the nose, it gets a lot iffier. I'd put him at about 35%. You see, If you see that nose guard getting pushed back, the Patriots are about to get gashed. And today it was I thought it was poor. I thought that the Patriots got shoved back a lot. Um, You know, I, I, I appreciate, you know, Craig calling in, you know, I would say the, I thought the crowd was electric. I think he he was talking about the defense. I thought the crowd for the defense was really good. I think that the defense was electric when they got the game on their terms, when it was about a two score game. And now, you know, Ryan Tannehill is going to drop back and probably throw you an interception, which he's done in every single game he's played here at Gillette. But, you know, for the most part, I, I thought the run defense was terrible. And I thought the pass defense was totally about the Titans, not having any weapons to throw to. And that's a tough combination for anybody. I just wanted to mention it was a very physical game today, and I agree with you. Yep. It doesn't look like a finesse team at all, but it's just, to me, like, one of the guys who stood out was J.C. Jackson in a physical game. Like, I know he had the interception there, but he punched out that fumble in there, and yep. to me, he's now looking like a complete football player he, that can even play against the run and make plays, and hey, listen, if they score on that, that play, I think they take the lead there, and the game's a lot closer, so I did want to give some props to J.C. Jackson today. Yeah, I think that's a good point, but you know, know this, the Patriots to play cornerback for the Patriots and to play on every down, 
you got to be tough as hell as a cornerback because they expect those guys to tackle all of them. You can't be a finesse corner. You got to do your job. J.C. Jackson, I have never, ever really had an issue with him in that regard. So what he did today, uh, punching out the fumble, I thought both of those were more bad ball security by uh, Titans running backs who normally wouldn't even come close to seeing the field. Uh, But opportunistic plays by Jackson and Godchow. But certainly, J.C. Jackson is tough. The guy, all he does is make plays. And there are times when he really saves the bacon of this defense. And the price tag on him just goes up by the game. And, uh, you know, I look forward to him playing under the franchise tag for the Patriots next year. And uh, then we'll see. And, Greg, in, in looking at this Titans team, and obviously, you know, Mike Rabel, he ain't scared. You know, he had had Bill's number prior to this game. But as decimated as they are, and they have all these players in IR, and they get beat up today, ultimately, it's a lopsided score at the end of the day. But do you think that he, Rabel, and some of these coaches and players uh, come away from this game thinking that they, they can beat the Patriots in a playoff game, maybe at closer to full strength? Oh, yeah. I mean, this sort of reminds me a little bit of – uh, the Jets in 2010, when the Jets came in here and they lost, it was just Jim, Jim Leonard, but they lost their key free safety. And in that scheme, it's basically the quarterback of the defense that they lost on like the Friday before the game. And I think the Patriots won something like 42 to 10 yeah. in that game. And I remember myself writing a column, basically laughing at Rex Ryan and the Jets off of that game. And then they came in here and basically kicked the crap out of the Patriots when they were able to have a little bit more practice time and adjust. Uh, there's no question. I mean, if you're the Titans, you're disappointed, and Vrabel was in the post-game press conference, that they had the opportunity to win this game, and they played really well at times. They should have had the lead at halftime, um, at least at some point in the third quarter, if their kicker could kick and if they could hang on to the ball, and they didn't do that. But if you're Vrabel and the coaches, you know Vrabel is coming away saying, like, if I had any semblance of the roster, we kicked that team's ass. And so I think that's I think that's a very real factor. It's good that the Patriots took care of business today, but if they meet up again in the postseason, you, I would not even look back at this film because I don't think it's going to be the same. All right, one more segment to go with Greg Bedard with your phone calls at 617-779-0985. As the Patriots defeat the Titans today when they're sixth straight. More on this game and the headlines with Joe Murray. But first, we're going to pause for station identification here on the Safety Insurance. 98.5 The Sports Hub, Patriots Radio Network. Shaw's Patriots postgame show with Jim Murray and Joe Murray here as the Patriots defeat the Titans 36-13. to uh, Final segment here with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Um, you know, you've mentioned the – I'm glad to hear you say it, uh, Greg. The, you think it was a just an okay day uh, for, for uh, Mac Jones, but people are going to lose their minds and act like it's, you know, second coming to Brady because he throws for over 300 yards. And one comes to mind, a near interception, where it was after that throw that looked like a lateral at the feet – of uh, yep. and it was like right to the linebacker covering Johnu Smith. Is there any others that come to mind that were near picks today? How many could he have had? Uh, it's a good question. I I I don't have that kind of memory or recall. But you'll have to go back um, and look at the tape, something like that. Well, yeah. look, I thought the Kevin Byard one that Jacoby Myers snagged. I thought that was underthrown and hung into the air for a while. And and Byard said after the game that he was basically. You know, because Jacoby had to slow up for the ball that he wanted to avoid uh, colliding with him and getting a pass interference penalty. So that's why he undercut him like that. But I thought that was a play where if Byard had a better idea of where the ball was, he'd just go straight for the ball and picks it off before Myers can get it. And I I just thought there were 
um, at least a handful, probably more, uh, of throws and decisions that I thought, um, you know, Mac would like to have back. And I didn't think that he had a whole lot of pressure on him in this game. And, you know, let alone the third down run where he came up two yards short and thought he had a first down. Um, that was that was a good moment. But yeah. I, I thought, you know, I thought he was just okay. And if people want to get mad at me uh, for saying that, and I'm certainly going to write that for tomorrow, uh, they can feel free. But I, you know, I thought that Mac left a lot of plays on that field. Um, the disparity between the two teams in terms of talent was was clear. It was not clear on the scoreboard until very late in the third quarter. And even then, the Titans drove the field and had a chance to make it a one-score game and bring it down to the end. The defense uh, made a play. The Titans didn't have enough offense to make a play. And I thought, I thought his stats, the final score, I think it masked that uh, the Patriots had some issues today. And Mac Jones was on that list. Just uh, I had to ask you about the line before we let it go. And Wayne was still as a, a backup, came in late for Ted Karras, uh, but they didn't get much going on the run game at all today. Was that just more of the Titans trying to pack it in, or did, do they give the fit? Did they give the line fits? That's a good question. I, I did not see the Titans as overly invested in the running game. I just think the Patriots, I thought both their lines, the offensive line and the defensive line, largely got their butts whooped on both sides of the ball. Um, another concern in this game and going into Buffalo where the Bills don't have a very good offensive line, so I'm not worried about the defensive line in that game, and they don't really run the ball uh, worth a darn. Um, but I think that, you know, the Bills' defensive line is going to be coming over the at the Patriots, and the Patriots, especially on the road in Buffalo, you don't know what kind of weather you're going to get. They're going to need to run the ball better than they did today and uh, to set up Mac Jones and to stay in, in, in rhythm of the game. And so I, I would say that there are some real concerns there um, as well going into this game. I thought they just got beat up front. Tom Quincy on Mac Jones and his performance today. You're next here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Hey, Tom. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I, I, I was at the game. Um, and, again, Greg, I, I'm not watching from up above to see it. Uh, I, I think the kid – has something uh and going coming off this weekend eight and four in the east is pretty impressive for a rookie quarterback so i mean i get it and there's going to be he doesn't have a whole ton of stuff to work with either uh i think that he shows that he's got some toughness in him and uh, and uh, jim i get it i'm not some guy that goes he's the next brady that any of that crap i'm not doing that but to watch him in person is pretty impressive because he, he's kind of he's kind of a hot ass, and I, I like that. And uh, they did pretty well overall from what I saw. Tom, I'll echo what you say. I think his and Greg, I think his best attribute through this you know the, the, uh, the, this season so far, his rookie season, is the kid's tough as nails. There was I think it might have been that first scoring drive. He got hit high low, and it was one of those things you mm-hmm. watch in slow motion. You're like, oh god, and he gets up like it was no problem. Yeah, absolutely. His toughness is great. I think his. His mind on 98% of the plays is uh, well, well advanced for a rookie. And he is just playing his 12th game. And so I don't expect um, the world from him. I expect him to, you know, hit open plays and, and, you know, put his receivers in positions where they're not getting killed from behind like Jacoby Myers did on that one play 
where he got completely blasted on a, on another high pass from Mac Jones. I think the world of Mac Jones. I have the entire time, but um, you, you know, you don't when you're at this point in the season and you're battling to be the number one seed, and the postseason's coming up, and you have you know your your division rival coming up with two games out of three. Uh, you know, the, you don't get participation trophies, and uh, the Patriots are going to expect Mac Jones to to make the key plays. Uh, he made plays today. I wouldn't say he made the key plays, but um, who knows what the next week brings? He could he could hit all of them next week and use this as a learning tool. I put nothing past Mac Jones. Pat in the car on J.C. Jackson, his game today. Go ahead, Pat. Hey, this for uh, Big Joe. I just said a gripe with you early on in the season that you thought uh, Trayvon Diggs was defensive player of the year, but you get a guy like J.C. Jackson who had a interception and a fumble recovery, and J.C. is balling out, but Trayvon Diggs is giving up probably over 100 yards per game. So I just want to know at this point in time, who's your defensive player of the year? Because you get a guy like that balling out for the pass. I'm not saying he's defensive player of the year, but that's a corner that deserves to get paid over a guy like Trayvon Diggs. Yes, shame on you, Joe. Oh, that's why they play the games, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, all I can tell you at this point is uh, Diggs has been very important to Dallas, uh, but they've. Uh, I think looks like J.C. Jackson's been more important to the Patriots. Do you think they're going to end up paying him or tagging him, Greg? I mean, I know, look, we still got this season to get through, but given how they've handled that position before, I, I just, I'm not convinced that they're going to end up paying him a ton of money. Yeah, I would, you know, I I would have a hard time thinking that they're going to pay him um, top of the market, and especially if they think they do have a developing pass rush with Barmore and Judon's who's signed here long-term and, you know, other guys up front. Um, if they feel like they're going to have a good pass rush, maybe they can. They feel they can get away with less. Maybe this season shows them they don't need Stephon Gilmore. They don't need Jonathan Jones. They don't need all those man co- corner guys. They can do this. And, and you know, J.C. Jackson makes a lot of plays, but you don't get paid $20 million a year like Ramsey does with the Rams playing zone. You get it by playing man and eliminating people. And in this six-game winning streak, the Patriots aren't doing that very much. Not that I have any doubts that J.C. Jackson can't do that. I know he can do it. I've seen him do it. And, you know, he's a really good player. I mean, I would pay him. Um, but from from what I'm hearing, he wants, he wants to cash in. Um, so, you know, you can offer him a front-loaded contract that says, oh, basically we're, we're giving you two years of the – what would be the average of the franchise tag? Also keep in mind that most agents feel that the the salary cap is going to explode, you know, after, you know, COVID, what have you, with the new TV deals, that the money's coming. Maybe maybe it might be smart for J.C. to sign, you know, a short two-year deal with the Patriots, uh, get that franchise tag money, and then become a free agent in a couple years. But – uh, from what I know, he wants to get paid really well. I doubt the Patriots do that. I would tag him for one more year and then see what happens and then get the lay of the land. But, um, yeah, it's going to be expensive. All right. Well, I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, Greg, and look forward to more uh, breakdown of this game on Felger and Mass this Tuesday. And get ready for Buffalo Week and all the blowing about Josh Allen, my friend. Uh, the only blowing about Josh Allen will be coming from me. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, good talking to you guys.